Hi everyone, welcome to the Juno Podcast Show. My name is Vanessa and I'm the co-founder and canine nutritionist here at Juno. This show is all about educating and empowering pet parents and providing access to the latest information in pet health and wellness. In this episode, we sit down with Dr. Kaylin Elock and discuss one of the most common issues we are seeing in our pets today, how allergies are affecting our pets, and useful tips and tricks to help treat our dog's allergies naturally. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope you guys enjoy the show. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Juno podcast series. I'm here with Dr. Kaylin Elock. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm so excited. Thank you so much for coming back on the show. And um, I'm really excited for this next topic because I think that, like I mentioned, it's a pressing issue in today's dog world. And I'm so excited to share uh, what you, your experience with what we're dealing with in dogs. So, Everyone, welcome, and thanks for listening. Today, we're going to talk about dogs and allergies, which, yes, dogs and allergies, (laughs) big topic, big topic, and I know firsthand from experience um, dealing with dogs with allergies, so because Juno had developed some allergies when she was younger, so I'm really looking forward to hoping to be able to provide some pet parents with natural remedies and some just getting a better idea of how to combat our dog's allergies naturally. Yeah, there's so many different options. Yeah, yeah. So I guess, why don't we start off by, you know, what what are some of the signs that we can tell if our dogs do have allergies? There's quite a few. I mean, our main ones, of course, are itching. So a lot of our dogs get really itchy. They'll bite at their paws, which is a huge sign scratching at their body, frequent infections, ear infections are a big one. But another one that a lot of people don't think about is actually uh, gastrointestinal issues. So diarrhea, vomiting, some of them can be quite gassy. Um, Mm -hmm. Those would be the main signs that we'll watch for. Yeah. And that's actually, that's interesting because I would never, you would think like the obvious, like the itching is the obvious one for me, but I never really would have thought that the GI issues would also be a symptom of allergies. Yeah, it's becoming more and more common. Interesting. And is that, so would you say that that is a symptom of more food allergy or environmental? I'd say it can be both. I mean, definitely food allergy, but it's really interesting when you talk to people who have pets with allergies and you kind of dive into their history, a huge portion of them have had issues with diarrhea first. Really, yeah. really interesting, interesting. Yeah, and well, that would make sense. If you're allergic to something, then, you know, it's going to affect your everything about your body. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so I think that that is like one of the common symptoms that I hear on our side is that my dog is itchy. Mm-hmm. And um, what food would be good for my dog that's itchy or is my dog allergic to chicken? You know, so, there, so itchiness is definitely... Um, definitely one of the, the main symptoms that I think that I hear a lot of, and I, I feel bad for these dogs because I mean, not only does it kind of drive you nuts as an owner to see them constantly scratching and licking, but they're probably so miserable. Oh, I can't imagine. I always say, can you imagine feeling itchy all the time, all the time, all the time. And to the point where you have to 
scratch yourself raw. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 So, and then, so if we're talking about the allergies and then I think that we have, I guess, two classes in a way, like you have your environmental allergies and your food allergies. Yes. So yeah. what would be the, so what are the difference between those two? So first, of course, we can be allergic to something in the food. So like you said, our most common things are chicken or beef because those are our most common proteins that our pets are exposed to. Mm-hmm. Or we can be um, allergic to something in the surrounding environment. So dust is a huge one, plants, grass, things like that. So, But there is a lot of crossover too because we're starting to find if a dog is allergic to something in the environment, they can be eating uh, plant, uh, vegetables, things like that, that are in the same plant family as something they're allergic to in the environment. So we will start to see some allergies from that as well. Yeah. Oh, that makes it very difficult to, I guess, yeah. diagnose exactly what it could be that your dog is allergic to. Yeah. Yeah. So, so would you, when a person is struggling or their dog is struggling with allergies, would you where do you start? Like, would you recommend an allergy test? Would you recommend a food trial, um, a limited diet? What is, what, where would someone start if they're like, okay, my dog has, my dog has allergies. Where do I go from here? Food, no matter what I feel is so important. Even if there's an environmental allergy, we need to look at what dogs are and cats are, are taking in. So mm-hmm. um, your easiest thing also to rule out is food rather than something in the environment. So I usually say, okay, well, let's, let's get off of the food that they're on and go on a novel protein diet. So they go on to a diet that does not have a protein in it that they've been exposed to before. So most dogs have been on, say, chicken or beef, so we find something outside of their bison, fish. I mean, there's so many different types now. Yeah. Allergy testing is really helpful, though. The problem is it's just so expensive, but it can also really help guide us as to what we need to be doing food-wise, what supplements we're adding in, as well as, like, you know, how severe is this in the environment also. So so would food allergy testing then give you sort of like a baseline of like, if they have, if they show up high on the chicken, you're not going to feed them chicken or, you know, whatever it may be. It can. Sometimes food uh, testing for food allergies isn't as reliable as things in the environment. Oh, so, okay. But I, I still will recommend it because if we are getting some positive results on there, it is going to help us out. In the end, switching to a, a food that, um, that has a novel protein, giving them six weeks to see how they respond is always going to be our first course of action. Okay. And is it true that, you know, the, the allergens you mentioned about six weeks, is it true? Like the allergens can stay in your pet's body for a certain amount of time. So that's why we have to give them X amount of time. Or is there a time period that we have to give them in order to know if it's truly the food that was affecting them if or, if, or if it was something else? Yeah. I always say you got to wait at least six weeks because so many Mm -hmm. people will say, well, it's been two weeks and I'm not noticing any differences, but it takes a long time, as you said, for those allergens to come out. And what a lot of other people, people don't think about is, okay, well, I'm feeding my dog a novel protein diet, but they're also, they're still giving treats, uh, things that still have those same proteins. So you got to be really careful, um, about exactly everything that's coming into their mouth. Yeah, that, that makes sense because I guess even if your dog say is allergic to beef and you give them like a beef liver treat, that could totally affect your, 
exactly uh, the the test itself. So, so you would start off with some novel protein. Would it be more of like a limited ingredient? Like you'd have maybe only three, um, like three, like a vegetable source, a carb source, and a protein source. Ideally, because the less things that they're taking in are the less things that they're going to react to. So it's not always an option for everybody. But again, mm-hmm. if we can try and um, decrease how many things they're taking in, so that helps us to try and figure out, well, what do you react to? Yeah, exactly. I really try to get people onto a whole food that's not an option for everybody, and that's mm-hmm. okay. Um, but I also believe that all of the preservatives that are in our kibble are also contributing to allergies as well. So if people will go to a whole food diet, I find that we get better results. Yeah. So do you find that there there is allergens in kibble specifically that dogs are, have been allergic to or are are allergic to because yeah. I find that a lot of people, you know, that once they make even the switch over to fresh food, they're like, oh, they, this, he's not itchy anymore. He's less itchy or like yeah. the redness has gone away. So like what, what would cause those reactions just based on a kibble diet? Well, preservatives are a huge thing. And then we come into this whole issue with leaky gut, <laughs> Yes, it's <laughs> an underlier of allergies. Yeah. We could talk yeah. about for hours, but yeah, yeah. So, do, should we dive into leaky gut? Yeah, <laughs> I think so. That was that was definitely something I wanted to talk about because I I think that um, first of all, I guess tell us then exactly what is leaky gut and then what is its role in allergies because definitely that is a very common, common thing. And we don't know about, right. We don't, not a lot of people know about it. So, so yeah. So let us, um, can you tell us what leaky gut is and then its role? Yeah. So when we look at our um, intestinal lining, that is our main barrier from, for our body from the environment. So it's preventing us from absorbing toxins, bacteria, food particles, things like that. When we get inflammation in the intestine, which could be from eating a food that they react to, antibiotics, chemicals, bacteria, then we start to get inflammation. So then we don't have that nice, healthy barrier to the environment. That allows us, our body, to start absorbing larger particles of food. We start getting the chemicals coming through. And a huge part of our immune system is along the GI tract. So what we're doing is we're exposing our immune system to all of these food particles, everything that's crossing over, and then we start priming it, and then we start getting allergies. So if we can help improve the health of the gastrointestinal lining, then we're not going to be getting all of these particles crossing crossing over the GI tract and priming our immune system. So is it like basically where these like proteins and allergens sort of leak into the body and your body, the body then thinks that it's like a foreign substance um, substance, and it starts attacking it and creates these histamine responses? Yeah, exactly. So then we're starting to get antibodies in the body against these particles. And if we're constantly exposing the body to them, um, whether it's crossing the GI tract or something in the environment, then we're going to keep on getting these reactions. What things cause leaky gut? <laughs> I would say food is a huge one. And, and it does come back to this whole thing. Well, if I cannot, if they cannot process their food well. Um, so again, a, a kibble, unfortunately, it's 
it's harder for them to digest, and so that causes inflammation. So number one, that is a huge thing. Abnormal bacteria balance in the GI tract, so you can't digest things well, that's huge. And even just preservatives in food. Do you think about the pig's ears that we give our dogs? And yes, I give, I give it to mine too, but the preservatives can cause inflammation in their GI tract. Chemicals that they're taking in, um, so many different causes of it. And I don't think that we necessarily know why all of them do, but we're finding it at a younger and younger age. Yeah. And that, I think that that's a scary thing because there's so many young dogs that I, you know, I have clients who come to Juno and looking for a different option, um, from Kibble. And one of the biggest thing is my puppy is itchy and, yeah. you know, and these are like, four month old puppies and you're thinking how can they already have developed allergies yeah so it's sort of I feel like there are so many dogs getting allergies and they're getting them younger and younger yeah and why is that all of a sudden why in the last couple years now it is interesting because I found this year has been really bad for having um a lot of diarrhea soft stool in in our puppies and then of course allergies Another thing that can cause uh, leaky gut is stress, mm. right? And so you look, what has happened in the past year in our lives? This is probably one of the most stressful years for all of us. I mean, is that coming Absolutely. down to our pets as well, whether or not that's related? Well, it, definitely. I think that our dogs, our dogs feel our stress and they take on that as their own. There's studies. I know that I remember a little side story here, but I remember there was a study being done about they took a, a dog and they took the sweat samples of someone who watched a scary movie and put it in the room with the dog and the dog was automatically very standoffish yeah. and, um, you know, there was a stranger, I think, also in, in the room, so it didn't want to approach a stranger. It was very standoffish. Then they took the same, with the same dog, they took another sweat sample of somebody watching a happy, funny movie and the dog was like friendly greeting the stranger. So they, they feel that as much as we don't think that we're giving off the stress, I think that they do feel that and they internalize it in themselves too, which could create those problems. Yeah. hundred percent. So it's very interesting where they're more in tune with their bodies than we are. Probably. Yeah. hundred yeah, <laughs> percent. Yeah. So the, so leaky gut and then so it obviously has a has a role in in allergies. And would you say that most allergy dogs or dogs experiencing allergies have leaky gut? Uh, I'd say a lot of them, yes. And the yes. hard thing with leaky gut, though, too, is you're not always going to see symptoms. So most dogs will have a history of, okay, well, I've had soft stool or off and on vomiting, but unfortunately, not every dog does. They might have completely normal stool, but if you actually went in and did some biopsies on their intestinal tract, you'd find inflammation. So that's going to be frustrating. Yeah. So like you don't even know what's happening and, and, um, which is, which can be, you know, um, hard to, to diagnose, I'm sure. So then, how do you treat leaky gut? Well, we want to we want to make the intestinal lining healthy. Probiotics, probiotics, probiotics. Probiotics <laughs> yeah. are so important. Yes. So even when we have our itchy dogs, I like them to start on probiotics as well because we really need a healthy bacterial biome in the gastrointestinal tract. 
So that is a huge one. Finding a food that they can digest well. Um, and I'm not trying to harp on it. I'm not completely against kibble. I know it's not, it's it's um, the best option for some people, but if we can get more and more whole foods into their diet, mm-hmm. that's going to be easier for them to digest. Um, and we can go in on the herbal side. So there's a lot of really cool plant, um, herbs that we can use that help to bring down the inflammation in the gastrointestinal tract as well. So that's 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 interesting. So with that with those herbs, would you be more specific to the dog, the individual dog itself? Yes. So yeah. there are a ton of herbs that can help in the gastrointestinal tract, but for each individual patient, we choose them according to what symptoms they have, what their energetics are, and what other issues they have in their body. It's so interesting. It's so interesting. And I think that it, that's one of the things that I love about um holistic medicine versus conventional is that in holistic or taking a holistic approach, you are treating the individual dog Mm -hmm. itself, not necessarily the symptoms. So you're looking more at the dog and saying, okay, like, let's like, what's the big picture? What's going on with them versus just saying, okay, they have these symptoms and these are how we're going to respond to them. Exactly. So I love, I do love that. And I do take that approach with Juno as well. And I think that we talked a little bit about how Juno developed allergies when she was younger. And I, I do believe that it was really related to the fact that she was on antibiotics so many mm-hmm. times that it yeah. just destroyed her gut, yeah. destroyed her gut. And then she developed all these secondary issues and which came out as allergies, like itchy skin, red paws, Uh, blisters all over her face and it wasn't until we started looking at the gut and healing the gut that these symptoms went away and have slowly been going away and we obviously we do other food therapy as well to help with those but once we start once we healed the gut everything else started to lessen and I think that that's so important to look at is to whatever your dog is experiencing start with the gut yeah, exactly. Because even if they are allergic to a little thing that's in their in their food or something in their environment that's cross-reacting with something they're taking in orally, if mm-hmm. we have a healthy gastrointestinal lining, those tiny little particles aren't going to cross over to the immune system. So then you're not getting that whole inflammatory cascade. So, Yeah, definitely. So can you kind of explain, I guess, the difference in treating with conventional treatment and then with herbal medicine, mm-hmm. like what would be the difference? So conventional treatment, we will still start with diet. So that's always our main thing. Like we said, okay, let's get on to a novel protein diet, go for six weeks and then see how they respond. Um, for allergies that are in the surrounding environment, a lot of times uh, conventional treatment is medication. So basically we're trying to dampen down that whole immune response So we're using specific types of immunosuppressants, really. Mm -hmm. Um, With uh, more of an alternative approach, we're approaching uh, the diet. So, okay, let's try and get things that are going to have a healthy gut. Let's look at any stressors that the dog has um, and using herbs in order to try and stop that inflammation and just help the body to support itself. So on the whole um, alternative or integrative side of things, we Mm -hmm. believe that when a dog has allergies, it's because we don't have homeostasis in the body. So the body's not able to normally get rid of toxins. And so we need to help them to do that. 
Oh, that's interesting. Can you sort of elaborate a bit more on that? Mm -hmm. So um, our body is going to remove toxins from certain areas. So our, our liver helps to do it. Our intestine helps to do it. Our lungs and then our and our and our blood, our kidneys. So if we cannot get rid of those toxins well, they build up in our body. And what do we see in our allergic dogs? A lot of them, that inflammation, the greasy skin. So we believe that's a lot of our body trying to get rid of those toxins. So a huge thing that we'll use in a lot of our herbal formulas for these guys is something called an alterative. And that's helping the body to remove those toxins normally. It has to be in all of those formulas and that helps to make a big difference. Wow. That's so cool. So it like almost flushes the body out. Yeah, exactly. That's so cool. I, I love that. And I, I think that herbal medicine or like you talked about alternative medicine, I guess is the more appropriate word. Um, so many different terms. <laughs> so many terms. But it like it just to me makes so much sense to because the body, like if you give it the tools that it needs, it will it will do its thing. Yeah. Exactly. You and know, that's and the cool thing. I'm not just using one herb to treat them. Like usually these formulas have five or six different herbs mm-hmm. because everything has a different action and everything's kind of working together. So. Yeah. So, so I guess when you combine those, it has a more powerful response than just using like a single, single herb or exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I think it's, it's really fascinating to me because I, I think that when we, conventional medicine, I guess, like you talked about where it sort of only suppresses the response, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't necessarily heal what's going on. Yeah, exactly. Because what's the underlying cause? And I'm not going to say, okay, well, if you use herbs for your dog, every single dog is going to do well. There's some where, unfortunately, yes, we do need to use conventional medications, but by using our herbal medicine, we can also help to decrease how much medications we're using on them. Yeah. Which is, which is a big thing, I think, Mm -hmm. you know, are there, would there be any long-term effects of using the conventional medicine or even with herbal medicine? Is there long-term effects on the dog? Um, or can they also not only just long-term effects, can the dogs become immune to, to those medications? Some of them, especially for our conventional medications, they can. Um, we also have to look at, okay, well, what is that medication doing to the rest of the of the body. So is it hard on the liver? Is it hard on the kidneys? We're suppressing the immune system with some of the medications. So can they respond to outside infections? And again, going back to the gut, we're taking in these medications, which are a way of chemicals. And so we're further uh, potentiating leaky gut as well. Okay. So yeah. herbs, yes, sometimes we will change them. We'll find dogs are doing well. And then for whatever reason, they take a few steps back. So we need to tweak things. So um, we can't say, well, we're going to go on one herbal formula and that's good for the rest of their life because they change, their body changes. So we need to change with them. Yeah, yeah, I, that makes sense. And so from what I have heard, is it true that allergies get worse as the dog gets older? A lot of them will, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it's so much easier to heal or work with a dog that's a year and a half than a dog that is seven. Because really? it, 
even herbs are going to take a lot longer than conventional um, medications anyways because it takes a while for the body to just to get back to that nice homeostasis but the longer and longer a dog has had allergies the longer and longer it will take and um I find some of them, there's ones that we just can't get just completely onto herbs when they're a lot older because this has been such a chronic process. Yeah. So what would happen? So if a puppy has allergies, mm-hmm. um, you would you would probably recommend a whole food diet, a fresh yep. food diet. And then would you also then, that's where you would start with herbs? Or it, it depends upon uh, the puppy and what types of symptoms they have. Um, if their symptoms are really mild, sometimes just by going to a different diet, we can see those symptoms completely go away. Um, if, if their symptoms are quite severe, where they're really itchy, we're seeing infections, then yes, you will start with herbs right away um, as long as people are wanting to go that route. Yeah. And I, I heard a study actually recently um, that said that puppies that were born in a in dirt mm-hmm. were had less likely chance of developing allergies than those I guess born in more sterile environments. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense, right? Because uh, we're exposing the immune system to everything. It's the same thing with with people. Yeah, it's so interesting. It, so, do you think that? what we are doing has has an effect on on why these dogs are developing all these allergies it's got to be and 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 that also becomes the hard part because is it just purebreds that are having allergies now no like we're seeing rescues that are having allergies but then how healthy was the mom how healthy was her gastrointestinal tract and how much does that come into play as to what she passes on to her to her puppies right so I don't, I don't yeah. think we completely know why. Yeah, it's so interesting. And I think that there's lots of things going on and lots of studies. I, I, and another, um, I, I read somewhere also that I think if the mom was fed a fresh diet, the dogs had less likely chance of, the puppies had less likely chance of developing allergies as well. So I think <laughs> that that's where like nutrition also plays a role in allergies and the development or, or, or not of them as well. Yeah, 100%. Because really, what are they, where are they getting their nutrition from in the first six weeks of life? It's, it's directly from their mom. She's passing on antibodies to them. And if she's not able to pass on healthy antibodies to them and give them a healthy diet, we're starting them off way behind right away. Yeah. Interesting. I love that. I, I love that. And I love like just the whole fresh food movement and what it can do and what it is doing for our dogs and just what we're going to see, you know, years from now, um, and how that's going to change. And I think that, you know, I always, we talk about like nutrition is the foundation of health. And I think that it is directly related to the longevity of our dogs. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm, I'm really hopeful and I'm excited to see that those statistics, I guess, of the average lifespan of a dog change, when you have so many people shifting to more of a fresh whole food diet. Yeah. It'll be very interesting. Yeah. We're just like right at the cusp right now. Yeah. (laughs) Things are starting to change. Yeah. And I, yeah. And and it's, it's it's so exciting. It's so exciting. And you see so many new people um, really wanting to start their puppies on fresh food too. Like we have got a lot of puppies 
um, at Juno because I mean, I know also with the, with what's going on, people have the time, more time now for puppies, but you know, these puppies are already getting such a fresh start that it would be very exciting to see, um, how their development is on like just always being exposed to fresh food. Yeah, exactly. And that's always my conversation when people are first coming in with their puppies. I'm like, there's going to be three recommendations. Number one, probiotics, rest of their <laughs> life, every single day. Please keep them on it. Uh, number two, omega fatty acids. Let's keep the skin healthy um, and it's good systemically. Number three, whole foods. So either going to a whole food diet or at least adding it in, add in some vegetables, use your slow cooked foods as a topper because all of that is going to benefit them. And I'm hoping that's going to make a big difference long-term. Yeah, I I do think so. I I have a question that do you believe or, or in your opinion, do you think that the vaccinations and are, have an effect with dogs with allergies? It's, it's got to, and, and that is, it's such a hard, (laughs) yeah, and it's, and and, and that's the right route. Yeah. Yeah. So we will honestly for, and every vet's going to be different. There's no right or wrong answer. I still believe our our puppies should have vaccines and is that contributing to allergies? It may be, but then what do we do? Right? Like, do we expose, risk them having things like parvo? Um, or do we vaccinate them? So I, I still do vaccinate them, but after they've finished that series, you know, we really need to start looking into titers more and it's starting to become a little bit more economical. So hopefully people yeah. will be more open to it, but maybe by us not having to vaccinate as often that also can, can help. Yeah, I think so. So one of the things that I always recommend and I always for for Juno is I we titer test because if she has those antibodies already, there is no need, I guess there's no need for the to put her body through that, especially if she is prone to those allergies and you know more susceptible that the less exposure to those I think is is better and titer testing what is your opinion? Because I've heard some mixed things that titer testing doesn't necessarily always give you true results or is that false? I guess it depends upon maybe where you're sending them. I've actually been pretty happy with the titer tests we've, we've done. Uh, We have an option for one that we can do in clinic, or of course you can send it to labs. Um, And I was interested when we first started doing it as to what we're going to see. Are we going to see all of them need to be vaccinated again? Are we going to see all of them are completely fine? And then you do start wondering, well, are these tests real? But we see a huge mixture. So I I actually do really trust them. Yeah, I think so. And I think it's the way to go, especially, I guess, if your dog does have allergies, I think Mm. um, it would be better to titer test so you're not exposing them to those, um, you know, those vaccines that might suppress the immune system a bit more yeah and another thing we're doing we're giving a vaccine and we're saying to our immune system okay come on let's let's ramp up let's respond to this but then are you ramping it up to react yeah you know we're gonna get our allergies worse so i will i do have some patients where they have severe allergies or other health issues and you do get to the point where okay well even if you do have low antibody levels to what we're vaccinating for do we vaccinate you and you do need to start weighing okay well what's the risk versus the benefit once Mm -hmm. they get older okay yeah that's interesting i yeah it it is interesting and i think that more and more people like you said are 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 choosing that option Mm -hmm. uh, which is great as well and so 
so leaky gut. We talked about how you know there are many factors. You know, we have our um, we'll say you know antibiotics, environments, food are probably the biggest ones that play a role in to what causes leaky gut. Mm-hmm. And then we talk about treatment, with, and that's switching maybe to a whole food diet, probiotics, healing the gut first. Mm-hmm. So we've done that. So where do we go from there? So what, how, how does food play a role in the treatment of allergies? So um, if number one, the biggest thing is healing the gut, right? So if we can st- uh, make a healthy barrier and stop our body from taking in those allergens, and we're not going to get that allergic response. Um, and I'm not trying to harp on kibble because it, it's an option for everybody. Yeah. Uh, but we do believe on the natural side of things that our kibble um, is very pro-inflammatory. So because it's harder to it's harder to digest um, and it's more hot energetically. Mm-hmm. So that can contribute even if we're having environmental allergies, if we're having more of an inflammatory response in our body, that's going to make it worse. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So what so what type of foods if our if if our dogs are experiencing some allergies, what are some type of foods that we can add to our dog's bowl that could help reduce allergies or um, even just help with dealing, dealing with allergies? So, um, of course, our proteins, you want to look at trying a novel protein, uh, but we want to stay away from really hot foods because when mm. you look at a dog that has allergies, a lot of times their skin is really red and hot. So we want more cooling uh, ingredients so cooling ingredients that we could look at, if you're looking at proteins, would be our, our turkey, our rabbit, our duck. Um, pork is kind of a neutral one. So I usually tell people stay away from things like lamb, chicken, salmon, venison, because those are very hot, which is mm. going to contribute to our hot symptoms. Um, for other ingredients, broccoli is really good for these guys. Celery, cucumber, pears, green beans, spinach. These are all very cooling ingredients, which is going to stop to decrease the amount of inflammation in the skin. Yeah. And what about like boosting their omega-3s? Omega-3s are huge. Yes. So uh, it's going to really help with the skin, uh, healthy skin barrier and the entire body. So I just say all dogs should be on an omega fatty acid supplement every single day. Yes. So then, but you talked about how salmon is actually, which I didn't know is a, mm-hmm. is a hot food. So yeah. would you suggest more of like a krill or a herring oil instead? If you can find it, yes. And, and it's not an option for everybody here. If they can't find that, then at least if we're just giving that one single bit of salmon oil in their diet, hopefully if we're using other ingredients that are more cooling, then we're going to balance it out. So okay. it shouldn't affect it, but you need to look at what's in their entire diet. And what about plant sources of of omega-3s, would you suggest adding those, like your chia or your flax mm-hmm. seeds? It's, they're still going to help the body. They're still going to help the intestinal lining. Um, but I still recommend having an omega fatty acid because they digest that better. So you're, I feel like we're going to see more benefits with the omegas. So more of a, an animal source or yeah. if, than a plant yeah. source. Exactly. As long as the dog's not reacting to it too. Of course. So. Of course. Could you... Could you share some, because I've heard some other natural treatments of allergies, and I know it's not a one size fits all, but, mm-hmm. you know, we have our, our nettles and, mm-hmm. you know, what type of herbs would be good for the treatment of allergies? 
So nettle leaf is huge. I have that in a lot of formulas. I always kind of say it's like the natural antihistamine um, mm-hmm. that we use for herbs. Uh, skull cap is a is actually in one that's uh, more of a Chinese herb, but again, another antihistamine that we see. Uh, licorice root is a, another great herb. It's a natural anti-inflammatory. It's really good for the gut um, and really good for, for allergies as well. Um, some of our mushrooms also, our medicinal mushrooms, can make a huge difference with allergies because they help make a healthy immune system. Okay, so mushrooms what? again. Yes, we love mushrooms. More mushrooms. <laughs> mushrooms. And, and sorry, just to yeah. just because we're on that topic of mushrooms, you talk about medicinal mushrooms. Are there a particular one, like the urashi or your shiitake, or is it all medicinal mushrooms that? Well, would be all beneficial? of them do have a little bit of different effects, um, but a lot of, in general, a lot of them are just great for our immune system. But reishi is a huge one that we'll use in a lot of our formulas. Shiitake, I'll just say you can add that into some bone broth. It's a great way for for dogs to get it. Turkey tail. Um, then you get to the whole anti-cancer cancer side of things. That's another oh. talk, but <laughs> yeah, I love that. I, that's the, one of the things that I love about mushrooms, um, is their anti-cancer, but I didn't know that it also can help with the treatment of allergies. So yeah. that's really great. And another herb, actually a lot of people have in their house and you probably don't realize it. And I always say it's one of my favorite herbs is actually chamomile tea. Uh, Yeah, it's actually anti-itch and anti-allergy. So it's an easy thing if people have a dog that's got very mild allergies or having a mild allergic reaction, steep some chamomile tea for 20 minutes um, and you can give about an eighth of a cup twice a day for a 10 kilogram dog and then go up or down from there depending upon their weight. But um, it's so interesting how things that we have in our cupboard can actually make a big difference. I heard that it's also soothing for the gut as well, chamomile. Chamomile is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so that's so good. And would you just mix that in with their food or in Depends their water? If, yeah, you could do it in their water if they like it or mix it in their food. Or some people will say, well, my dog is not going to drink the chamomile tea. So if your dog is on a whole food, then you can just use the loose leaf tea. So an eighth of a teaspoon per 10 kilograms of weight, two to three times a day can make a big difference as long as they are not allergic to chamomile. But okay. And then, so I guess you would just start with small introductions of it and then increase over time. That's so great. I love that. I'm actually going to try that. (laughs) That I, and what about, we kind of touched on this in our last podcast, but what about, I've had some great responses with Juno with honey. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and it takes a a long time, but I'll say if you get local honey, um, those bees are going to be making their honey from local plants. And if your dog has an environmental allergy, then we can try to start to um, hypersensitize them to to those plants. So you could give, really it's not one actual dose, like a teaspoon twice a day and then go down or up depending upon the size. But yeah, yeah, I think that that was, that's one of, I, of course, there's there's lots of things that we had done to help mm-hmm. heal Juno, but I think one of the things that probably contributed to her lessening of allergies over time is is that, and of course, other like healing the gut and natural natural remedies that we have done. But we used to most of the time, usually in the spring and fall, we'd have to give her some sort of um, nettle or something to help with just that that histamine response, but. I kid you not, I'm going to knock on wood because, um, but she's been uh, nothing. We've had, we've had to do nothing. And I think that that's just is 
like the dedication and just putting the time in and just believing in the process yeah. <laughs> um, that it does work. It does take time and the body will heal itself, but it does take time. And I think, and I'm not going to say she's fully cured. No, she still has like some better. itchiness in the, in the seasons, especially depending on the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do believe that, that it is with the help of whole foods and that, alternative medicine it really has helped her and yeah we have not had to do any anything so yeah. oh see it can make such a big difference and that's the thing you just got to be patient you <laughs> have to be patient it's not going to be perfect right away but oh you have to be patient so i really i, I really love the topic of allergies and i mean i don't love it but i love it because yeah. i think that there are things that um we can do naturally for the body like you mm-hmm. mentioned and all those things are such great recommendations so thank you for sharing those. Oh, um, no problem. And so anything else that you would you would say like for a pet parent that is dealing with allergies, what you would recommend as sort of like a final closing off here? Because um, it is it is a very common issue, and I think a lot of dogs are struggling with it. So I think that there are a lot of people struggling and looking for for those um, different options help. Yeah. Mm, there's some uh, natural remedies they can use at home. Um, a big thing I have people do, I mean, of course, our dogs get really itchy. They get inflammation on their skin. Uh, we do need to bathe them more often. Mm. Green tea, green tea, green tea. So your final rinse on your dog after bathing them, or you can just use this, is green tea. So you see really? For 20 minutes in just a lukewarm water um, and then just do your final rinse. But it's an anti-inflammatory and really good for our itchy skin. Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. That's actually, that's good. And what about apple? I've heard also apple cider vinegar, or would you yeah. say that green tea is is a better one? It depends upon what you're treating, but our dogs that have a lot of yeast infection, so that really deep uh, inflamed skin, yeast throughout, especially on their paws, vinegar can make a big difference. So even those guys that have yeast in their paws, it's really inflamed. If you use a half and half, um, solution of water and vinegar and let them soak in there for about five, 10 minutes, once or twice a day, that can make a big difference. Um, oatmeal baths are another one. I could probably go on oh. about this forever, but, um, oatmeal baths are really good for our itchy dogs. So if you take a cup of oatmeal and grind it up into a powder, uh, fill up your bath and put your oatmeal in there and let your dog stand in there and soak for about 10 minutes as long as your dog's not allergic to oatmeal, <laughs> yeah. um, can really help for these guys as well. Oh my goodness. That would probably look so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Could put and a little so, bath cap on. Yeah, <laughs> a little bath cap and candles. would be very, very nice. Um, so with back to that green tea, mm-hmm. would you suggest l- loose leaf or tea bags? Like more, I guess a more natural, like, yeah, you can use two, you can use tea bags if that's what you have. I mean, of course, if you have an organic form um, that you know is a good quality, a lot of times that is loose leaf, um, and hopefully it's um, not really old, then that would be your, your best form. Perfect, perfect. And how many times a, a week would you suggest someone bathe their dogs? If their allergies are really bad, and usually we're looking at about two or three times a week initially, if they have that really inflamed skin. If they're just a little bit itchy, you could even do it once a week at first and then try and go down from there. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's very helpful. I think that that is actually, because you're getting those, those allergens, especially if it's an environmental, you're getting those allergens off 
too, yeah, correct? Exactly. And you don't have to shampoo them first. It can even be, okay, I'm just going to rinse my dog with some green tea and then we're, and then we're good. So yeah. um, you're not removing all of that natural flora on the, on the skin if there's not bad infections. Oh, that's good to know. Well, thank you. I think we've provided a lot of tips and um, definitely some natural remedies for people. And I really hope that they are inspired to start introducing those into the, for their dog to help with some relief. So thank you so much. I really appreciate you being on the show again and sharing oh, your knowledge. Um, you're such a great resource, I think, for, for people. And um, I really appreciate you being on the show.